The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group. A marketing services uh, group of companies organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Today I'll be talking about the future of financing in the marketing and media sectors with Linda Gridley. President and CEO of the investment bank Gridley & Company, Linda provides financial advisory to companies in the information services industry with a specific focus on financial technology, marketing services, data services, outsourcing, and Internet. Linda has more than 20 years of investment banking experience at several major Wall Street firms. Prior to founding Gridley & Company in 2001, she was managing director in the U.S. Media Client Services Group at ABN AMRO. Before ABN AMRO, she was a managing director at Furman South, covering information and Internet services companies. And earlier in her career, she spent 10 years at Lehman Brothers in the M&A department in the technology group. Linda received her MBA from the Tuck School uh, up there in Hanover, and an A.B. degree from Dartmouth College. And I personally worked with Linda, and she's just terrific. And I want to welcome you to Market Edge, Linda. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks hey, for having Li- me, Larry. Hey, Linda, you know, we're starting finally to see a, a couple green shoots anyway. I mean, I noticed this open table had an IPO that actually it's held up its value. Uh, just from a broad stretch, are we coming out of the desert a little bit, especially in sort of uh, technology and, and uh, Internet and media and marketing? What, what, what's your 30,000-foot your take here? Well, I think that we uh... – we might still be in the war zone, but we might be away from the front uh, from the front battles. And um, you know what we're hearing out there is that companies are uh, the business environment has improved, and that and that really February and March were kind of the the, the low end. And so I think the the business environment has improved from a deal perspective. There's an awful lot of people that are really hoping that Open Table will continue and uh, and hold up. And um, I think there's a lot of good companies in the uh, in the backlog if the IPO market does open up, um, particularly around the whole digital marketing area. Um, you know, I think companies in that sector, some of the growth has slowed uh, versus where it was a year ago or two years ago, but companies are still growing and doing well. And you know, we're very very bullish on digital marketing and think that this is a great time to, um, you know, get your positions and, and, and get your acquisitions now uh, because I think two years from now you're going to wish that you had you had bought in now because um, clearly the, the herd mentality will be there in a couple of years. Um, the, the spending is, is, is moving digital, and um, so we think it's a great time to, to uh, you know, to, to look at M&A opportunities, particularly in, in the digital marketing space. I couldn't agree with you more. Who are the, you know, it's typical to talk about the the buyers of of these kinds of uh, 
and I want to focus in right now on more of the the marketing technology and maybe uh, next gen media companies. But you know, but before the uh, the, the this uh, economic Armageddon, we you know it was always the WPP or Publicis, maybe Omnicom. Uh, Interpublic really wasn't buying, and and then you had. Uh, you know, some of the media companies, and then you had the technology guys like Microsoft, Google, uh, Yahoo. Is it the same, AOL? Is it the same group of characters that are going to be the buyers, or do we see any new emerging names, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the horizon? Well, I think it's a good question. I think if you go through those couple of different categories, right, you really, you know, amongst the ad holding companies, it really was just WPP that was really active from an acquisition perspective. They, I think, for the first time had sort of separated themselves from the rest of the pack, if you will. And, um, you know, we think that was, those were, that was a smart move. Um, uh, so I would expect that if the environment does improve, I would expect to continue to see WPP feeling like they, you know, whatever capabilities they need to round out in terms of becoming a data insights and consultancy business as opposed to an ad holding business. And clearly TNS was the biggest move in that regard. I think right. in terms of the big four, right, in terms of the Yahoo, uh, Google, AOL, and Microsoft, um, different positions, um, a lot of those late 07 acquisitions, you know, really have not uh, panned out, um, AOL being the, the best example of that. So I think that there's probably different answers uh, amongst those four uh, guys where, you know, you may see Google and Microsoft clearly being more aggressive here as the deal environment um, improves on a relative basis relative to Yahoo and, and AOL. Um, and in terms of the media guys, I think, you know, that's really the big question mark where, you know, if you look historically over the last couple of years, um, two, three years, you know, you, you saw um, a bunch of the publishing houses, for example, you know, buying online properties, and, and, you know, much of that really hasn't worked for one reason or another, and mainly from an integration perspective, um, you know, the core businesses in the magazines and in the newspapers um, is really just you know, been so sick that I think that's really taken their their eyes to a different direction than where it should be, which is focused more on, on the next stage in, in, the, in digital media. So we do believe that the healthier media companies and the media conglomerates will, will uh, uh, continue to be a good buyer universe um, out there. And then I think, you know, you're, you will see that the dark horses emerge. I mean, so, for example, when we represented GSI Commerce last year when they bought eDialog, uh, for $167 million, you know, I don't think if you asked 10 people, would GSI Commerce be on the top of the list to buy an email company? You know, I don't think that it would have been on anybody's uh, top list. And so, you know, one of the things that we um, are working on is, you know, who are those dark horses going to be in terms of the next generation buyers? And, you know, in the case of GSI, they'd not only bought uh, eDialog, which was the largest deal that the company had, uh, had done, but then they um, just last month closed on a West Coast interactive agency called Silverline. And so, again, I think that's a, a good example of a, a bit of an out-of-the-box buyer that we've, that we've had um, there. And I think you'll see, you'll see more of that as the market uh, improves a bit. Yeah, that, and that's great to hear. I mean, that'll be exciting, like even for groups like us or some of uh, my peers, you know, to know that it's not just the same old group of uh, of buyers that were, happened, you know, the first time around, that there is some creativity and innovation happening in the buying realm. Yeah, and I, I guess the other thing that I would say is um, I do think there's a market 
difference in terms of um, perception out there between the West Coast and the East Coast. And if you want optimism and innovation, you know, the West Coast is definitely where it's at. And I think that the East Coast, particularly in terms of the private equity community, is is uh, significantly more conservative. And, um, you know, I think the West Coast guys are going to, I think now is the time to, you know, to really make the moves for what you want to own in, in two or three years. Hey, and what are the what are the hot categories or emerging hot that you see? Is it uh, you know people are talking about social? As, like as you mentioned, News Corp was an f- early mover there in in my space. I'm not sure Twitter, even though I love Twitter and Facebook, I'm not sure they have figured out any way to make money yet. But anyway, so you have you have social, you have uh, you know uh, an- uh, like as you said, WPP analytics data, you know, sort of next gen research, uh, and then you have the web only businesses like like an open table which by the way works when i went down to naples florida over the holidays and i walked into my first reservation they said yes we have it oh so i went oh my god this is great so uh those categories comments linda and others that i'm that i'm missing yeah so we um we feel that a lot of people out there are throwing the online advertising under the bus of with the overall advertising industry. And, you know, we hear a lot about, gee, I'm glad I didn't invest in any of that, and, gee, the ad market is dead for the short term. And, you know, so what we did was a comprehensive study that you can see a summary version on our website, gridlyco.com, and we just released it yesterday, uh, a summary version of why we think people should invest in online advertising now. And then the full report goes through sector by sector with kind of our views of the investment thesis and who the major players are and what some of the deals have been. And what I would say is that, you know, we think that there are, you know, good investment reasons for just about across almost all of the sectors out there. But um, I think in terms of the two sectors that need to consolidate amongst themselves, I would say that the ad network sector and the lead gen sector are two areas that feel to us ripe for more internal consolidation. I would say that the area that, you know, seems to be the most in demand or, or in great demand right now is um, – sort of behavioral targeting and behavioral analytics and data analytics in general. And I think the, the fear there is that the, 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 the sector hasn't yet matured enough relative to what the, the current demand um, is. And, and probably the jury is still out in terms of how, you know, much behavioral targeting really does work and what the role for it is in the, in the long term. But clearly that's a sector that we hear a lot of people interested in. Um, you know, the, the the sleeping giant, if you will, I think is um, is email. I mean, people, I think, forget that we, you know, we went through the first wave of consolidation where all the database marketing guys um, uh, made email acquisitions. And I think email is one of those core capabilities that for some people, some traditional guys out there, you know, you're going to want to make sure that you have uh, email capabilities. And there are very limited supply of sizable private email companies left. And um, they're doing really well in this market environment. I'm sure you've seen the stats on, you know, the the decline in uh, direct mail spending and the projected uh, continuation of that. And email is a great, you know, it's going to be the sort of one of the core foundations, just like search is sort of a core foundation. So, you know, we think that 
there are a, you know a number of different ways to 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 play the uh, the investment opportunities depending on what uh, you know what somebody's interested in. The whole social media area, you know, I think is like you know a big question mark, right? And and as many have talked about, it's all about you know can you monetize it or not. And um, so it's great when you're popular, but you know when you're yesterday's news, then you know, and you haven't monetized it, then 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 that's the risk. So. Um, uh, Again, we think that there's opportunities across a number of the different sectors um, in that regard. I think um, you're right about the behavioral. I just, I think um, we all ran a little too fast, even though Dakota got a nice price. Uh, you know, Revenue Science Dakota, I think they were pioneers in all that, and the technology just didn't quite work, uh, you know, exactly. And then we had attorney generals looking at things. And so I think the companies really working on the next gen of that could have some big scores. The one uh, one uh, category you didn't comment on, which I'd love, just love a quick one before the break, is mobile. A lot of people are saying, you know, that that already had its blip when, you know, but I've got to think that there's a lot more juice to be had in mobile. What do you think, Linda? Yes, so mobile, we just finished a, um, as part of a panel that I spoke on in uh, late March, we did an analysis, an industry overview on mobile as well, and um, my view on mobile is that the industry has survived to get to the Holy Land, and you know, the Holy Land is clearly there. Mobile is going to be a core application of the next generation marketing. The question is, if you think out there of what the um, hardest places to raise money, you know, the big LBOs are dead, but the other area that's pretty hard to raise money is the sort of Series B round or Series C that looks like Series D from a development perspective. And I think if you look at the mobile industry, you know, 80% of the mobile industry falls into that category where, you know, some private equity guys have placed a lot of bets down and maybe made those bets too early relative to, you know, so maybe they're in for three and four years. And I think we've got to get through this recession before, you know, you're going to really see mobile spending um, pop. But, I mean, clearly the pop is coming. So on mobile, what we're saying is get out there, understand the universe, understand the companies, figure out where you want to place the bets, and be, you know, in a good position when there's good companies that are just out of money that uh, aren't going to make it to the promised land. Um, so, again, I think that there's a huge opportunity in mobile. I just don't think this is – I don't think this is the year. I think, you know, the, the you know, thinking about pilot project spending in a, in a recessionary environment, you know, I think that's tough. Um, and the dollars still are you – know, the real dollars in mobile are still very, very small. So we're very bullish long-term, but, you know, you've got to survive uh, to get there. So bottom line is not if, it's when. So. Correct. All right. Hey, we're going to uh, take a short commercial break right now uh, from Market Edge. So please stand by, and we'll be right back with Linda Gridley of Gridley & Company uh, for more of this conversation. Be right back. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Your company's website sucks. You know it. Everybody knows it. So get a to-do list to fix it. On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7. Analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it. So that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash ontarget. RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft, 
makers of the world-renowned Adaware, present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. Make great commission and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the LavaSoft logo on the homepage. Win big with LavaSoft and RevenueWire.com. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Linda Gridley, president and CEO of Gridley & Company, a uh, really terrific investment bank based in uh, uh, New York and working in a lot of different technology and financial areas. Uh, hey, Linda, you have a number of clients. What are their biggest concerns right now? I mean, uh, you know, you know, how is President Obama's push for greater transparency and government private sector impacting them? Uh, do they think we're going to get out of this by the end of the year? All those and any other concerns they might have. You know? Well, I think people were really pretty shocked, right? I mean, as we all were, right, in terms of going through the fourth quarter and and the beginning of the first quarter here, but I think that people certainly feel better today than they um, did a few months ago. Uh, you know, the stock market performance here recently certainly helps, um, but, you know, clearly the biggest concern is the economy, is, you know, where are we going from here? Is it inflation? Is it deflation? Is it deflation before, you know, before it's then inflation? And, and um, so, and I think the other concern is, you know, the, the, the growth in terms of the growth has slowed, you know, where's the new growth going to come from? And I think that's really where, where people are, are focused is, you know, well, what will the world look like in, in, uh, in three years? In terms of the, you know, the Obama administration, you know, what we really believe is that clearly the Obama administration is sending a message about sort of wealth and taxes and, uh, uh, taxing, you know, higher income people and, and increasing capital gains tax and, and what have you. And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and, you're, and you've had a business and you think that you might want to have an exit strategy anytime in the next two years, you know, we really think that it's not a bad time to, you know, to be, to be thinking about, you know, what's your timing and what's your strategy uh, for doing so because, uh, you know, it could be that multiples go down and that taxes go up and that, you know, a dollar today is, is only worth, you know, 80 cents three years from now. So, um, uh, you know, I guess that would be our view is, you know, the economy and, uh, and growth and, and, and what happens to, you know, to people that are selling their companies and the people that are making, uh, you know, higher wages. What would be your advice if uh, you're a seller right now? If you're one of those 
sort of maybe you're doing just fine, you're hanging in there, you you're big enough, maybe thirty, forty, fifty million, uh, and you see the opportunity to get much more value in a year or two, or would you think the other way? Uh, so maybe from more the uh, the company pers- the not the buyer perspective. Yeah. I think the be- I think the best you know the best companies to think about selling right now are the ones where there is a small group of very logical buyers and the um, st- there is genuine interest out there from strategic buyers. They're willing to they're not only willing to look at deals but they're interested in looking at deals. They recognize that many of the private equity guys are on the sidelines and so it's less competitive. The good ones also recognize that, you know, the name of the game is to get the positions in the, in the companies today to be well positioned when the market does come back. And so as we've gone out and visited with, you know, 150 different companies over the last three months, what we hear from strategic buyers is, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, if we say how interested are you in making acquisitions, we get a lot of people that say 10 and 11. I mean, we get, you know, so we're keeping our list and checking it twice in terms of who those guys are, and, um, you know, we think the interest is sincere. Um, we think that people are trying to do more flexible deal structures to try to bridge what is still a valuation gap between buyers and sellers. Um, but the sellers are getting, you know, more realistic in terms of, 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 uh, of pricing. So um, I think, you know, in terms of who should sell now and who should consider selling, you know, I do think that um, for guys that, again, there's a few logical buyer, strategic buyers out there, and I think also for companies that it's going to be harder as a one-trick pony than it will be as part of an integrated solution as the market returns, I think this is a great time to think about uh, selling. That's a good way to put it. Hey, how about just in general some comments from you on sort of the future of your industry, Linda? You know, I know you're much different. Riddling companies a lot different than the big bank investment banks we lost uh, in the last 12 months, but nobody would have figured what has happened. What's the future role of someone like your company and your competitors uh, look like? You know, what are the services and, and how do you thrive? Well, uh, you know, clearly the days of, you know, get some leverage and rent the Goldman Sachs brand name and off you go are done, right? I mean, right. You know, that model is, is dead. And so when you think about the, the big the big banks and what they've been doing and, and the kind of business they've been doing, um, I, you know, I think that that's, you know, dead for, for, for some time here. Um, if you think about the boutiques such as ourselves, you know, we really specialize in knowing – the industry sectors that we cover, knowing the people in the industry sectors that we cover, knowing the trends, knowing the the leaders. And I think in an environment where companies and private equity firms are being more cautious about what they invest in and, and, and are being held to higher standards, you know, we think we've got great opportunities ahead to, to sort of show off that knowledge and to show off that focus. And we think that, that there's, um, you know, there's going to be more opportunities for the boutiques. I mean, you can just see the, the, the flood of talent. I mean, when, you know, Obama saying that, you know, he's going to control how much money people get paid as long as there's TARP money there. Well, you know, that's, you know, that's music, you know, negative music to a banker's ears, right? I mean, so you have seen a flood of talent out of these, these big firms, and I just don't think that that's going to, um, going to change. Um, so we think it should be a, a big benefit to, to um, you know, both ourselves and to, you know, our competitors. And you know, we'd already done a fair amount of business on the buy side with strategic industry leaders wanting to make moves. And, and you know, we think that we'll continue to get our fair share of that as well as the, 
the sort of more traditional sell side and and uh, fundraising uh, business that, that guys like us do. Hey, switching uh, uh, tracks a little bit, you know, I spent a lot of time after I sold my first company on Madison Avenue, and it seems to me it's hanging by a thread, at least the traditional advertising part. And I was, uh, I was especially interested in hearing your comment about WPP changing to a more data-driven, you know, when they bought TNS and, and uh, TNS, of course, who had bought a number of smaller Internet-related research groups like Compete, uh, et cetera. You know, what really is, I mean, everybody keeps saying it's that's just can't survive. What's your take on, you know, these big, famous names, Ogilvy, BBDO, McCann, Erickson, where do they go? Well, I think a few things. One is, you know, probably at some point in time you have to have a transition of the guard, right, where if you think about whether it be Martin Sorrell or John Wren or what have you or, or Maurice Levy, you know, all those guys have, have been in those CEO slots for quite some time, and I, I would suspect that at some point in time, I don't have any inside knowledge here, but I'm just speculating that at some point in time you will start to see some, some transition, and, and I think how those companies transition their leadership will tell you a lot about where their future positioning lies. And I think for the first time over the last couple of years, you have really seen a divergence in terms of the big holding companies and what they're willing to do or interested in doing. So Omnicom has stuck to their, you know, their, their guns about nothing more than six times EBITDA for any acquisition, you know, no matter how fast it's growing. And, you know, the market has rewarded the discipline that they have shown. I'm not sure that that makes them the leader when you think about kind of next generation capabilities because I think that, that by, by its definition that, that holds you back from doing a lot of deals with higher growth companies. WPP, I think, you know, um, has gotten its wrist slapped a little bit here for, for you know, maybe buying TNS at, at not at the, at the right time, but I think, I think at least WPP had the courage to really get out there and try to understand digital and make, make moves, you know, get the hot creative agencies, um, you know, do the deal with Omniture. And so I think they've done a, a good job of trying to show that, you know, that they're trying to embrace technology. You know, whether or not 24-7 was the right deal to do, I think the jury is still out in that regard. But I think they get an A for effort in terms of, of, uh, of uh, trying to do the right thing. I think Publicis, you know, I think buying Digitas and having David Kenny, who's one of the smarter guys out there from a strategy perspective and from a digital strategy perspective, you know, I think that's what is um, the name of the game there, where you're not going to see them embrace technology, but you're going to see them partner with technology. Uh, but, I, again, I happen to think that, that David really, he's leading the digital charge at Publicis, and I, I think he's really one of the, the smarter guys out there. And then, you know, IPG has clearly fallen by the wayside relative to where it was certainly, you know, 10 years ago um, through all of its transitions. And so, you know, it's not, I think, I think that the next generation leadership is up for grabs, uh, but in the short term, I think the ad holding companies are benefiting from the recession where, you know, clients want to bundled services and they want to cut costs as much as they can. And so the easiest and safest answer is to go to your agency and see what your agency can, can do for you. Um, so I think whereas there was some interesting stuff going on over the last couple of years, I think that's kind of gotten, the game has gotten put on pause while we're in this recession. And I think they've, they've um, done better than they otherwise would have from a client positioning perspective. And so the question is, you know, what happens as, as we, you know, as we move forward here? 
hey, do you think we'll ever have a digital upfront? It's <laughs> a good question. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. People seem to be writing about that uh, about that question. Uh, you know, I just I, I don't know. I think uh, I don't know. Yeah, because it just seems to me we make all ado about this r- traditional upfront, and according to Forrester, uh, the end of last year, almost forty percent is T-vote or DVR'd. So you got to go, yep. you know. And as the percentage moves online, but anyway, hey, one thing I've uh, as we're winding down our time here, one thing I've always respected your opinion on deeply is sort of being able to look at the crowd and pick out some some really cool companies that are doing interesting things. Maybe you could share with our audience, uh, maybe a little less from being bought or sold, but who's doing some interesting stuff in, you know, uh, digital media and marketing that we might not be sort of intimate with uh, yet as a group? Um, Well, again, I think it kind of goes across all uh, sectors. Um, You know, we like what Ad Knowledge is doing. And, uh, you know, I think having the, the courage to step up and, and, and do a deal like that did for Miva shows, you know, that I think they're going to be quietly building, you know, their market position over time, and they'll be one of the guys that are emerging out there as kind of the next generation um, leaders. We like, as I said, email quite a bit. And, you know, when you look at responses and exact target and silver pop, um, all very, very good companies. You know, eDialog has been a big success for GSI, so, you know, we like that sector. Um, we like video. We think that, that there's um, going to be a lot of attention on video, and we think that there's um, uh, a lot of uh, well-deserved attention in that sector. Um, so, uh, you know, Quantcast and um, Invisible Measures in terms of sort of more measurement stuff that, that is, um, is related to some of which is related to, to video. Um, uh, let's see. Those are those are I guess are a few. Quinn Street we think is doing a great job in in, in uh, online lead gen. Public companies bank rate I think is a, again in, in the lead gen area really has the model right from a from a quality perspective and I think has done a done a great job. Um, so you know I think the, the good news is that there's lots of leaders across um, you know lots of room for leadership and I think there's lots of a great innovation innovative companies coming up to uh, to fill those shoes. One last, uh, I have two last questions, but the one I like to ask people like you is, you know, will Google stumble, you know, will or will they just become like Microsoft sort of embedded in their way? Uh, are they vulnerable or do you think they're going to just to continue dominate as search evolves? I think that they've uh, certainly won round one, and I think that, you know, we could all get old in our rocking chairs waiting for, you know, them to stumble. I think the analogy is that, you know, if you look at uh, Merkle, which is, you know, lots of people's favorite in the database marketing world, you know, one of the few independent database marketing companies out there, you know, if I had a dollar for everybody that was sort of waiting for Merkle to stumble over the last eight years, you know, I'd, I went, I'm not saying I'd be rich but right now, but I'd, I'd have a piggy bank full of money. And... Um, you know, I think that, you know, Google, it's not going to, you know, be the be-all and end-all to everybody and everything, but, you know, clearly technology is at the center of, of you know, where we're going, and, and, you know, Google seems, you know, the best positioned, um, you know, to, to address that. So, um, you know, maybe they'll stumble, but I, I certainly wouldn't make that. I wouldn't make that bet, and I, I'm not sure that I would be spending my time, you know, <laughs> kind of doing that, right? I'd, I'd agree with you. Hey, Linda, where can people go to get the uh, the summary of your research, et cetera, and get to know more about uh, Gridley & Company again, just for our, uh, one more time for our listeners? 
So thank you. Um, our website is www.gridleyco.com, G-R-I-D-L-E-Y, co.com, and you can just um, register there for the uh, the summary of the state of the online advertising market, and uh, we've got the summary as well as the, uh, the full version that you can uh, register for. As always, Linda, it's delightful to get your insights and your excitement and your energy, and I want to thank Linda Gridley from Gridley & Company for being our guest on Market Edge today. Thanks again, Linda. Great. Thanks, Larry. And for everybody out there in Internet Radio Land, a category we haven't talked about, by the way, uh, I want to thank you for listening to another Market Edge conversation. Tune in again in two weeks at 12 noon Eastern Time in the United States at webmasterradio.fm for another edition of Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye for now.